Beer with Buffy is a retro analytical love roast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. If you'd like to support our show financially, you can find us on patreon.com slash beerwithbuffy. Don't forget to review us on iTunes if you like what you hear. I was told you were coming. Competition is a beautiful thing. We're Slayer's girlfriend, the chosen two. Why should we let him take all the fun? Gosh, I'm feeling chipper. <laughs> Who's for a root beer? Jeez. I don't like vampires. We take a stand and say they're not good. It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Uh, the ice cream bar is this way. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Beer with Buffy, I'm Josh. I'm Rex. And today, we are reviewing Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 3, Episode 17, Enemies. Not of the state, not of the country, not of the world, of your soul. Enemies of your inner being. (laughs) Enemies of, like, you know, whatever. (laughs) So, I just want to throw out there real quick. So, we have exactly one more week of the great Beer with Buffy t-shirt contest. You still have one more week to write us an iTunes review, take a screenshot before you submit it, and email it to us at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. And remember, we want genuine reviews. We're not asking you to lie. We're just fishing for reviews because it's the best way for us to be seen and discovered. Currently, we only have two entries in this contest, yeah. so your chances are pretty fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're not going to say who those uh, entries are. It is definitely not me and Rex. No. Uh, we get t-shirts anyway. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and you can't wear yours. <laughs> <laughs> sure I can. Only if you put it on after you leave your house. I always wear like a button down over my t-shirts anyway, so it's fine. We're going to choose the winner probably before we record next week and get a hold of whoever the winner is and see if you're comfortable uh, with having your name said aloud uh, over the interwebs. Yeah. I mean, if you're scared of the spiders getting you or your voice being sold and recreated on the dark web, I understand. I don't know if Rex understands. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> I mean, your your base level paranoia is definitely a few steps higher than mine. That's very true. <laughs> but yeah, no, we'll definitely respect your privacy. Unless you don't want us to respect your privacy. And then we will plaster it all over the internet. Yeah. Or at least our small little, like, five meter square corner of the internet. Right. It's not a very big corner. Not really. Also, at the release of this episode, we will be releasing the actual design and everything of the t-shirt. Yeah. So. Tentatively, I mean, it's just going to be our standard logo that you can see on our Twitter page. And then on the back. Yeah, the logo is going to be on the front. And on, on the back, it'll say, Joshua, what are you doing, Joshua? I'm... Doing a podcast, mother. <laughs> we have not decided on a font yet for that. I've been mulling that over. Why won't Rex shut up about fonts? Shouldn't he have had this thing designed, like, months ago? Yeah, probably. I actually did have it designed, but I've kept flip-flopping. You're very good at flip-flopping, Rex. Not as good as Fred, though. Oh, God. <laughs> Are we just going into the mom synopsis now? Eh... 
I don't see why not. I don't see you synopsizing anything, Rex. That's not my fucking job till after you've done your job. And your job is to prompt Josh to do his job. That sounds like something that somebody who hasn't done their job would say. So, Joshua, (laughs) tell me about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. What is Faith doing? Good God. I don't know. Why don't you ask Fred? (laughs) Well, I... I don't know how to answer that, Joshua. Just tell me, what do you think is going on in this episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Mom? Or Mother? Since it's been pointed out that apparently I always say Mother, but I feel like I sometimes say Mom. You do sometimes say Mom. And that's... It's mostly a reference to The Simpsons. It's mostly a reference to the way Principal Skinner talks to his mother. He's always like, Mother. Oh, yeah, okay. And then there's that one episode that specifically references the Hitchcock film, Psycho. For any Hitchcock fans, it makes perfect sense. Right. Anyway, why are we talking about cocks, Joshua? I thought we were talking about (laughs) Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So in this episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, we definitely see that Faith has gone full black hat and... The mayor tries to summon this super creepy mage dude to steal Angel's soul because Faith was unable to seduce Angel. And he ends up teaming up with Buffy and Giles in a big conspiracy to play Faith. They learn a little bit more about the mayor's plan. And yeah, that's pretty much it. I didn't miss anything. I feel like I missed something. Yeah. Yeah. Plot wise. Not much episode here. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's why I'm struggling right now is yeah. um, like there. It feels like more happened, but really more did not happen. No. So we open up on the Sunnydale streets downtown as Buffy and Angel are coming out of a movie, or as Buffy puts it, a very artistic movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they apparently both need cold showers because they're all just so verklempt yeah. at, uh, at the apparent sexual content of this movie. What the fuck did they watch? The feature-length film of Two Girls, One Cup? Oh, God. <laughs> what the hell? Ugh. Like this. Oh, God. I mean, I I love how, how they're painting the picture of this film so subtly. Yeah. Buffy's like, so, feel like getting some hot chocolate or a cold shower? <laughs> I did like Angel's line... I haven't been to the movies in a long time. They've changed. (laughs) (laughs) So I looked up this movie. Uh, It was called Le Banquet de Amelia or something like that. It's a fake movie. It doesn't exist. I kind of guess that that might be the case. Yeah, it's apparently poking fun at another movie with a similar title that came out around either in 99 or shortly before 1999. And it was apparently super sexy i tried to look up what it was 
all I could find was Le Banquet de Autuil. I don't know. I don't speak French, but something like that. Definitely not De Amelia. Right. Or Amelia. Something. Uh, Anyway, and all I could find on that was some footage of a live action French play. And it, it, it looked a bit sexual. See, I only I only read it as them just generally making fun of French art films as a whole. Because every French art film I've ever watched has been awkward. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we can probably sum that up with every French film you've ever seen is awkward. I mean, you know, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that. I mean, if I had seen very many French films. Just that fucking clip that I looked up. There was a whole lot of man ass. (laughs) In that clip. They're much more open about those sorts of things <laughs> over there. I mean, I, it, it definitely looked like some sort of, not necessarily a drama so much as maybe a farce. Who knows? I can't watch movies with subtitles. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I, I, I can't focus enough on the actual movie. Yeah, you need to be able to watch all that man ass and not be focusing on what well, they're saying about the man ass. There might be important plot, and I don't, like, I read pretty fast, but in the context of watching something with subtitles, I don't read fast enough, because I'm trying to do both reading and watching. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Totally in the same boat. And so, Faith shows up. Yeah, Faith shows up just as Buffy and Angel are making out in front of the movie theater. She calls them lust bunnies. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Hey there, you little lust bunnies. Yeah. Faith is like, hey, Buffy, we need to go. We're needed over at Mercer, one of the places where they bury dead people. Yeah. Can't remember what they call those. Graveyards? Sure. (laughs) Cemeteries? And so Buffy... Memorial Gardens? Yes. But beyond that evil... (laughs) (laughs) So Buffy quickly obliges Faith and joins her... And I enjoyed Faith's line here. She said, uh, uh, "She said, don't worry, big guy. Just keeping her warm for you. <laughs> hey Now, I who was it that wanted us to keep track of sexual tension moments between Faith and Buffy? It was in a voicemail. Yeah, it I was. I think I it was Ravi. Was it? I think it was Ravi. Hey, Ravi, if that was you, send us another voicemail. And you better be way more drunk this time. Yeah. And let us know. <laughs> Because I'm pretty sure that was you. I could just go back and check the voicemail, but I don't want to. Yeah, we're not going to do that. That (laughs) sounds like doing our job. That sounds like work, okay? (laughs) You don't go into podcasting because you want to work, all right? We go into podcasting because we want to not work. Anyway, so Buffy... Do-do-do-do. Oh, yeah. So Faith and Buffy are walking through the cemetery. That's the word. (laughs) Ha-ha. And Faith is like... She says, yeah, I don't know if I could handle the way you're, you know, not handling it. Buffy says, Faith, when it comes to Angel, do me a favor. And she's about to say, shut the fuck up, is the subtext. Yes, which is exactly what she should say. Yes, but instead she says, duck, because suddenly there's a demon immediately behind Faith. Yep, she punches him in the face, pins him against the wall, and he's like, what are you doing? Why do you gotta always punch people in the face? 
<laughs> oh, people, huh? As she Buffy pulls off his hat, and it's a demon. Super nerdy demon. We haven't seen a demon this nerdy since the librarian vampire from season one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, remember that guy? Nobody remembers that guy. This guy's more two-bit con artist demon. Yeah, he reminded me a lot of Willie. Yeah. Yeah. He's Willie, the I- demon. <laughs> I feel like they would Willie get a- who gets a mention in this episode, even. He did. I feel like they would either really get along or they would really hate each other. Yeah, probably stepping on each other's toes. Yeah. No, I think they would... Willie seems like a big narcissist. He would love somebody that's just like him. Yeah. Anyway, the demon wants to sell them the Books of Ascension. And I love this bit because he's like, I got the Books of Ascension. And the response from Buffy and Faith is like fucking crickets. (laughs) He's like, I got the good shit. And they're like... What are you talking about? Yeah, he's like, you know, to keep the mayor from, uh, you know. And they're like, no, I I (laughs) don't know. Or Buffy doesn't know anyway. Right. And Faith is faking it. Yeah. Faith has an idea, at least, of what the the mayor's cooking. But the the demon wants five large for the books. Five grand. Hey, Rex. What? Do you smell what the rock is cooking? No. I have a feeling I don't want to. Do rocks? I mean, I guess you could cook like an egg on a rock or something. I've done that before, actually. If you're in Arizona I've done or that Nevada. Before. No, I've done it here. Or a bad movie. I've done it here. Huh. It was an experiment. I wanted to see if I could do it. There did, was a rock. Did you eat it? God, God no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that rock has been. Good call. <laughs> But no, he wants five grand for the books. And I actually, because I was curious, because this episode uh, was done in 98 or 99. And I wanted to find out how much five grand in those in that day would be today. And it is actually much higher than I anticipated. It would be eight grand a day. Huh. So, yeah, he wanted eight grand for some dusty old books. Interesting. Given that they could, uh, you know, save the world. That really wouldn't be too high of a price to pay. But he's also talking to girls that just run around and kill demons and vampires constantly just because they exist. And now he's offering them something that they not only might want, but probably really need. The utter failure of logic on his part is that you're trying to make a deal with the Slayers. They kill demons. You're a demon. That's dumb. The moment that you have the books remotely near them, they will just kill you. Pretty much. Yeah, you're lucky Buffy has half a Germany cricket in her pants. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, why would why would they ever negotiate with him? And that's not a dick joke. I'm not trying to say that Buffy has a dick. I don't know. I just think it's a funny thing to say. I mean, where would you keep a Jiminy Cricket? If Jiminy, you a Jiminy Cricket! Cricket! On your shoulder, maybe? Under a hat? Maybe leave him in Pinocchio where he belongs? <laughs> in Pinocchio? But obviously, that's just a big <laughs> phallus of a movie. <laughs> Have you seen Pinocchio? It's about a huge... So, next scene... <laughs> so then, opening credits. Opening sequence... <laughs> I just love the family circus. That, 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 EJ. Nice talent. 
And then we're in the mayor's office. Yep. Nice, nice guy mayor says, hmm, you know what I wish? I wish you'd pull your hair back. I know, I know, fashion's not exactly my thing. But gosh darn it, you know, you've just got such a nice face. I can't understand why you hide it. One step away from, I just think you should smile more. He toes the li- this line between father figure and sugar daddy and like he's just a little creepy but not quite creepy enough and he steers back into the other category and then it's uh yeah good thing he's the bad guy and we're not supposed to like him (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean so she's trying to tell him about this demon and she's all worried about the scoobies and stuff and he's like, you worry too much. That's negative stress. And you're too young for that shit. And okay, I agree. Yeah. I agree with him there. And then he's like, here, you know what you need? A nice warm curdled glass of baby cow food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. A curdled glass of baby cow food. <laughs> hey, Rex, you know what says fatherly love to me? <laughs> leaving milk out in a pitcher all afternoon for the sole purpose of waiting for just the right moment to be condescending to a girl that you're paying to basically be a hitman okay, for you. To, to be completely fair, <laughs> it takes much longer than that for milk to go bad. Sure, but I don't still, I won't drink... I mean, I'm lactose intolerant now anyway, but even back in the days when I was like eight years old and I would just guzzle that shit, I still wouldn't want to drink it if it wasn't like directly out of the refrigerator. I wouldn't either, but it's not like she's drinking poison or anything like that. It's still gross. It's weird. Yeah. My favorite part, though, is that he hands her the glass and she like looks at it with the greatest confused expression and then sets it down on the fucking desk and continues talking. And he's like, go on, drink the milk. <laughs> Nothing's uncool about healthy teeth and bones. Yeah, about that. <laughs> I'm not sure which hipster dives he's getting his definition of cool from, but it's not the same as mine. No. Because... Also, fun fact... There's no scientific backing to drinking milk helps your bones and teeth. Really? So that was just a completely fraudulent campaign, huh? Right. But also any studies that were done were funded by the dairy lobbyists. Of course they were. Great. That's neat. So yeah. No, Mr. Mayor. There is nothing cool about healthy teeth. and Well, I mean, there would be if it were true. But now you're just throwing bad science out there. And that's not okay. Cut to the library. Well, they're, they're talking about how the demon wants money for these books. And Giles says, demons after money. Whatever happened to the still beating heart of a virgin? Nobody has any standards anymore. <laughs> Taking it to the, I don't even know what place that is. But he, <laughs> he took it there. But it got dark really quick. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. So they're talking about the Ascension. They're like, 
what's this ascension? We don't know anything about the ascension. And uh, didn't the master have an ascension? I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe they didn't call it that. I don't think they called it that. But there was definitely like a deadline thing that he was trying to pull off. Well, he used the word ascension because it's such a fucking generic goddamn word. You've never heard the word ascension in all your fucking texts about rituals and shit. Not one time has the word ascension fucking come up in all your goddamn books. Really? Well, I mean, ascension as a verb is one thing. And then the ascension as in an event or a a ritual or a ceremony is entirely another. Which would be fine, except right when they're talking about this, Willow specifically remembers a fucking passage from one book. And it's just the, the phrase the ascension is mentioned in this book. And it's a passage from a book that is on the forbidden shelf that that Giles has. And Giles is a little bit crotchety that Willow has looked at the book. But the fucking passage that he reads, first off, impressed that Willow would memorize the fucking passage. But more impressed of like how she would connect those fucking dots. Lazy writing. I thought it was funny that Xander's first inquiry, once he knew that this was a forbidden book... Uh, was as to the linoleum content of these hidden books. Yes, yes. Yeah. Always thinking about that linoleum, Xander. I thought you had enough of a stash of linoleum. But for an addict, no, it's never enough. (laughs) And then, of course, Cordy shows up specifically to ask Wesley out on a date. In just really the most super transparent bullshit flimsiest as pointed out by xander in just a moment way possible yep she needs an insider's perspective giggity (laughs) on her english paper and he's english so you know she needs to study she wants direct from the source (laughs) sometimes you just gotta milk the cow rex (laughs) that's not milking the cow that's sucking from the cow that's (laughs) (laughs) we don't have a cow we have a bull. <laughs> no, and Xander's line is, and on the day the words flimsy excuse were redefined, we stood in awe and watched. <laughs> yep. All right. Yeah. So Wesley pretty much ties up this scene by saying, all right, we need to find a way to persuade the demon to give us the books free of charge. Maybe Faith would be able to help with that. Cut to the demon's apartment where Faith is... Pretty much in the process of killing him and taking the books. Yeah. And leaving that poor goldfish homeless. Yeah. Huh. No one cares for the goldfish. That goldfish is going to starve to death and die in its tiny little bowl. <laughs> the slayers don't fucking take them. No one takes the goldfish. You've, you've still never seen that Mitchell and Webb look, have you? I have not. Okay. Well, there's these announcers that are uh, always talking about... Not pool, but the British version of pool. It's the one with the little red um, um, billiard balls. It doesn't matter. He's, he's lamenting how they can't drink or how the players can't drink during the games anymore. And he's like, look at that water out there. Not even any ice in it. You could put a goldfish in that glass and it wouldn't even die. 
Snooker. Snooker? I hardly knew her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, yeah, Faith kills him. It's actually a fairly brutal scene because she stabs him and then he fucking fights back. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, he may be a dweeb, but he's still a demon. Yeah. Yeah. Dig this. Dig this. Sorry, has a wind. Fire beheading. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Sunlight. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Water. Usual. Oh, yeah. I hit him. What? A desk. Then we cut to Angels, where Faith shows up. She's got demon blood on her hands, which she immediately wipes in her hair after showing him. Oh, man. Every single time, like, she touches herself, her hair, her <laughs> face, Angel's face, Angel's neck, his hair. Like, she is touching everything. Yeah. Like, every single time she touched anything after they showed her hands, I'm like... And even when they did show her hands, it looked like she'd been playing in the fucking dirt. Yeah, because there was like chunky bits on it. There were. Oh, I'm God. like, Jesus, were you looking for his lucky charms after you murdered him? <laughs> his, what was it? Lucky sniggles? Or... Yeah, whoa, you're going to get me lucky schmiggles. Schmiggles. There it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, why would you even want those? <laughs> Covered in my stomach acid. That kind of a taste good. No. But yeah, she is trying to have some sort of fucking heart to heart with him over killing the demon. And she even says, oh, I killed the demon. I know he's not a person, but it still messes with me. And then she just tries to outright fucking seduce him. <laughs> yeah, she did kind of get to the point rather quickly on that, didn't she? I mean... I couldn't have said no in that moment, but he is 250 years old and he's like, ah, 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 no, I know what you're doing. But I mean, if you knew that sex is like the gateway to losing your soul and becoming an evil thing that will terrorize the earth, I think it would be much easier to be like, hey, look, no, back down. <laughs> well, that's kind of what bothers me is he never refutes that. Everybody, everybody this whole episode is like, well, if he gets laid, he'll go evil. And it, it's it's not about the sex. We know that. And I think Buffy and Angel both know that. Faith unquestionably doesn't get that. But irregardless, for all intensive purposes, <sighs> fuck you. <laughs> He, he's just like, yeah, it's the sex. Sure. Then we immediately cut to Faith's new apartment where the mayor and Faith are discussing the failure of Faith's plan to seduce Angel. But yeah, he's too wily for that shit. Yeah, too wily, too broody. And of course, Buffy shows up just in time to see Faith hugging Angel goodbye and kissing yep. his cheek, which he had no control over. I mean, yeah. sure, he could have just grabbed her face and been like, look, Faith. Yeah, like the moment she like leans up to him, she could he could have just like put his hand right on her face and like just pushed back. Yeah, no means no. Which I've actually done that to someone before. <laughs> Good times. We're both very drunk when I did that. That'll happen. Yeah. 
Anyway, so cut to Faith's sugar daddy pad. Where the mayor and Faith are discussing the failure of Faith's plan to seduce Angel. It's a little creepy. So part of the problem here is that the mayor won't tolerate brooding. Well, he's, that's, that's, he's got to go. Yeah. This is not okay. I mean, how can you seduce Angel to the dark side if you are against brooding? Yeah, well, this is why he's evil. This is why he's the big bad. He's against brooding. He's against everything this goddamn show stands for. (laughs) The mayor says to Faith's, he says, so you couldn't give him that one moment of true happiness. Faith's like... I mean, I was thinking more along the lines of a long weekend, but okay. (laughs) She she had plans for herself, too, damn it. And that is how how you can establish that Faith does specifically find Angel very attractive. Well, sure, she'd have to be blind (laughs) if she didn't. Yeah. And vice versa, but, you know, he's... He's in love with Buffy. He's a very faithful man. Get you a broody man. They're faithful. Mm -hmm. And so Mayor says, and he spurns your advances. So be it. There's more than one way to skin a cat. And I happen to know that's factually true. (laughs) This man has skinned cats. Yeah. Yeah. Multiple times and was an artiste about it. Apparently. Yeah. I, I plan wholeheartedly to keep that man away from my apartment. Yeah. I don't want my cat skinned. Well, this this is officially a horror for cats. Sorry, Edgar. We're going to have to cork your sensitive whittle ears. <laughs> cut to the library? Yep, cut to the library where they're looking for news on the Ascension. And Wesley asks Giles if he found anything. A six-course banquet of nothing with a scoop of sodol as a palate cleanser. Such a good line. Yeah, that's not the one I thought it was. So I'm going to have to fight for that one, too, when we get there. <laughs> Buffy and Willow are there. They're still trying to figure out what's going on. And Wesley specifically hasn't told the council that he's uh, letting Giles work with him. Yep. Which, you know, smart. Like, at least that is smart. Yeah, because the council would probably not be happy about that. But Wesley knows he needs Giles' help. Yeah, by like not and not just because Giles has the loyalty of the Slayer, but ju- but also because Giles knows what the fuck he's doing, and he still kind of runs the library, and he really needs that space. Yeah, definitely. And Wesley came ill prepared to Sunnydale, by the way. Giles came with a fucking library of fucking books. Yeah, Wesley really got thrown into a shit situation, honestly. So Wesley tells Buffy to go find the demon with Faith. Buffy's obviously trying to avoid working with Faith right now because she thinks Faith's fucking around with her man. She's right. Yeah. Um, but nobody else knows anything. Not in any- the way that she thinks, though. Right. Uh, but nobody else knows anything about this. And Wesley's like, you see now, the demon could be anywhere. He could be over there. He could be here. He could be right in my pants. But we don't know now, do we? Because nobody's looking in my pants. Why is nobody looking in my pants? <laughs> in saunters Xander, and he knows where the demon is. Found your demon. He was in your pants. Wait, what? <laughs> Damn it, Xander, stick to your linoleum. 
But Xander took some fucking initiative. He went and talked to Willie and got the fucking information. Good job, Xander. With $28. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, so uh, does the council reimburse for that kind of thing? Giles is like, did you get your receipt? Ah, shit. (laughs) As soon as Xander's like, oh, I found him. Buffy looks over at Wesley, who's just in awe of this, and says, fashion tip, Wesley. Mouth looks better closed. Yeah, that was a good line. (laughs) Man, Giles is on fucking point this episode. Yeah, seriously. Because Buffy's like, oh, I know this. Uh, Speaking of the location, she says, I know this. It's down by the bus station. Not the nicest part of town. And Giles says... Again, see, no standards. I mean, any self-respecting demon should be living in a pit of filth or a nice crypt. My favorite part about this line, though, is that the first line in this regard, I thought he was being sarcastic, (laughs) but he wasn't. (laughs) No, he needs his demons dirty, damn it. Yeah. That's why he started... Oh, that was some good alliteration. It was. <laughs> That's why he got into this mess in the first place. <laughs> like, he, he seems all type A and he needs order... But really, he just likes it dirty. Well, that's the thing is he is a man of order. He fights against the disorder. Therefore, he expects the bad guys to be disordered. That's why he likes it so dirty. (laughs) Oh, yes, Giles. Somebody put a quarter in that man today. And you know what you put quarters in? Vending machines? Also vending machines. I was thinking those vibrating beds at hotels. What are they called? Um, Magic fingers. Giles is just like a big British magic fingers. I have never encountered a magic finger. I'm doing things with my fingers right now. That's Giles this episode. Because somebody put a quarter in him. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) So this episode, Giles is a vibrating sex bed. (laughs) You had to take it to the sexy place, didn't you, Rex? What the fuck else point? What the fuck other point are those the, those beds? Like, you guys. Scoob and I are just going to be over here on the vibrating bed, okay? The vibrating bed is always shaped like a goddamn heart. It's always red fucking velvet. If that bed isn't made to fuck on, then what is the point it of the bed? It is not always shaped like a heart. You have never you've not seen enough supernatural. Dean I, I always haven't. gets the magic fingers bed. And it's just a normal bed that vibrates. Well, anytime I've seen anything that had a fucking vibrating bed, it was heart-shaped. And that a heart-shaped bed is made for fucking. You've led a strange damn life, Rex. (laughs) I mean, you're not wrong. I know. (laughs) Yes, it's time to listen. The good guys are always stalwart and true. Bad guys, easily distinguished by their pointy horns or black hats. We always defeat them and save the day. No one ever dies, and everybody lives happily ever after. Liar. Anyway, Faith shows up, and she's going to tag along with Buffy to go check out the demon's place. Buffy is not pleased with this. No, very nonplussed. But reluctantly agrees, and... They fuck off into the distance. Cut yep. to the demon's apartment again. Where Faith does not do a remotely good job of making it seem like she has never been here before. Oh, he's dead. 
don't know how that happened, but we should really go, basically. And just fucking walks directly into the fucking apartment. Right? And Buffy's like, uh, maybe we should sneak Christ. Uh-huh. I was thinking about that. I was like, man, how would you fake not knowing? Like, because you need to make it look like you've never been there before. What if you walked into your own house and you needed the person you were with to believe that you were breaking into this house? I don't know. It was just a fun little thought game that I played as this scene was happening. I almost expected her to, like, flick on a light switch she shouldn't have known was there. Right? Yeah, I wanted Buffy to be like, wait, just a damn second. Yeah. and But she definitely had that kind of feel. Like, she'd already been in this room. Also, the other thing about this scene that bothers me, well, besides the fact that they had another chance to save the goldfish and didn't. Yeah, that poor fucking fish. <laughs> was they just left this body to rot. That just seems irresponsible. Yeah. They could have at least buried him or alerted somebody. To be fair, though, think of how many fucking dead bodies. There is probably a special, like, branch of the police in Sunnydale that just deals with the obscene amount of weird dead bodies. (laughs) It's like, well, this isn't a human dead body. Let's cart this one off to the fucking incinerator. Yeah. (laughs) I want to see that show. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they already made a whole show about the janitors on the death star i want to see csi sunnydale god damn it <laughs> that would be <laughs> hilariously boring right i don't know how else to put it <laughs> they'd be completely inept maybe they need to hire everyone from the it guys those guys at least knew what they were supposed to know i'm just thinking like dun 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 Hey, guys, we have another case over here. We need to get the lab guys in on it. Oh, they're off to lunch today. All right, we don't need to get the lab guys in here. Dun, dun, dun. That's the episode. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> We need some blood work over here. I never got my certification on how to do blood work. All right, we don't need some blood work over here. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> That's the episode. And then we go to the mayor's office. And it shows us the bit where he summoned this demon to take Angel's soul. He's offering him mints. I think he's trying to say something like, hey, scary mage dude, you got bad breath. Rule number two is if someone offers you a mint, you take a mint. (laughs) You don't ask why they're offering the mint. (laughs) You don't inquire deeper into the situation. You just fucking take the goddamn mint. Yeah, the poor mayor is just sitting there all like, but they're delicious and sugar free. (laughs) And that's just awkward. You know, that's that makes for a really bad social situation. This demon wizard magical dude had a cloth over his face. And so he probably wasn't breathing like directly on the mayor. Yeah, he knows he has bad breath. He came with his own solution. But, you know, still, it's just good for him. Then we cut to the school. Wait, where... did, did we say anything about what actually happened in that scene or just no, that, banter about is. bad breath? That's all it is. They The mayor goes, hey, I want you to take Angel's soul. The demon's like, okay. Yeah, we didn't say that. But now we've said that. Great. So next scene is... Uh, Buffy and Willow at the school. We're in the, the lounge, the study lounge at yep. the high school. 
and Buffy tells Willow about seeing Faith with Angel. And my favorite part is that Willow's response is like, what the fuck are you doing? Why didn't you go fucking talk to him? Willow has a very low ethical opinion of Faith, but very high opinion of Angel, as she should on both accounts. And now it's time for Buffy to be bestowed some fuzzy wisdom, as I like to call it. <laughs> because Willow is always so fuzzy. Yeah. And even if she's not physically fuzzy due to the sweater that she's wearing, she's always cute and fuzzy anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Like cat fuzzy. Sure. It's fuzzy cat wisdom. Yeah. That's exactly what I meant, Rex. In every way. Okay. Glad we had this conversation. <laughs> so Willow's like, no, whatever you're thinking, no way. And Buffy goes, you're right. Faith would never do that. And Willow says... Oh, Faith would totally do that. Yeah. Faith was built to do that. She's the do that girl. The line <laughs> I got was, I mean, please, does Angel come up to Faith's standards for a guy? Let's see. Is he breathing? Buffy says, well, actually, no. <laughs> I'm like, don't disprove her. <laughs> don't you fuck with the fuzzy wisdom. Right. And her entire point is that, yeah, Faith would do that. But Angel is totally in love with Buffy and would never fucking cheat on Buffy ever. And she completely calls out Buffy on not having actually approached Angel verbally and directly about this to clear shit up before she's being all mopey to the willow about it yep she's definitely she caught the broody yeah i and don't know how to tell you willow <laughs> how broody i am in the closing bit that she's talking about with all this she uses a line which is one of my quotes of the day i too know the love of a tacturn man <laughs> <laughs> speaking uh, of odds of course yes yes because both Oz and Angel are very men of few words. Yes. She points out that she needs to pay more attention to his actions than his words. And then just tells him to go talk to Angel. Says, no. <laughs> go. I give you leave to go. <laughs> and uh, and I'm like, I mean, can she really go talk to Angel right now? It's like, A, she's in school. B, it's daytime. Yeah. Doesn't he sleep during the day? I don't know. Whatever. Who cares? Cut to the mansion. I am having serious dating with a werewolf, and I'm studying witchcraft and, and killing vampires. It's like a drug. Faith shows up, trying to play off being apologetic for her behavior. Yeah, I don't believe it for a second. Do you, oh, Rex? No. That's good, because, you know, we got to keep up our guard here. Otherwise, Faith could dupe us any moment. Eliza Dushku in this... I'm sorry, you gotta pronounce it like Eliza Dushku. No, I'm not gonna fucking pronounce her, na her name that way. Eliza Dushku Your in loss. this episode... Dushku. In this episode... Shut up! <laughs> in this episode, Eliza Dushku does a great job acting a character well who cannot act. Yeah, I guess she kind of does. Because huh. it's very believable that it's Faith genuinely not being able to act well. Just like in the earlier episode when Giles points out to Buffy that Faith could not lie. Oh, yeah, yeah. they did. They definitely made that a very Faith-like characteristic. Characteristic. <laughs> did, did you just 
flub words like I do? Characteristic, Rex. <laughs> it's a characteristic. And um, yeah, she splashes some blood-like stuff on to Angel's chest. And cue the blue demon wizard dude, yep. whatever. Before that, though, Faith was like, but you're with Buffy. And I swear on Keanu's patchy beard that she said, beer with Buffy. She said, but you're with Buffy. But the way she slurred, but you're with, sounded like beer with Buffy. And I was like, what? I might have to rewatch that. And it, that would be awesome if somehow she said beer with Buffy. <laughs> well, she didn't. She said, but you're with Buffy. So I, it was almost time for a dramatic reading. I was really confused. It was like, Angel's arguing with a slayer. Uh, but no, we're not doing that. So Angel empathizes with the fakely emotional faith. And yep. uh, that was his first mistake. Second mistake, get your fucking hands off of her. Right. Damn it, Angel. Like, that is exactly the moment when Buffy's going to walk in and see you and get exactly the opposite wrong idea about what's actually going on here. This is not a fucking sitcom, okay? Why don't you and Faith just open up a couple of adjoining room doors into each other <laughs> and then go throw your hats off into the distance in a bad opening sequence? Right. Did I say bad? I meant iconic. So the demon takes Angel's soul, and this is the moment when Faith realizes that maybe this was a bad idea. <laughs> does she? I'm not sure she really does get that idea just yet. It's definitely a bad idea, though, because Angelus, as we know, is not a team player. The idea may or may not have crossed her mind, but I think she also gets off on uh, on the rough stuff. Right. And being in a situation where she might possibly die because she's got fairly low self-esteem. Yeah. So, yeah, this is problematic at best. Definitely. They do a little bit of wrestling around. Yeah. I mean, seriously, though, Angel just got his fucking soul back. Don't you hate that? Like, you find your sunglasses and then you lose them again like a day later. <laughs> Like every episode, you lose your damn bottle opener in the couch. It's like, damn it, I just got that back. Every episode. It's only happened like three times. Drop it in the couch. I will drop it at your face. Do it right now. At a swift horizontal speed. I see your point. <laughs> so um, they get in. Uh, uh, they do some wrestling. They do some wrestling. <laughs> The only line I got here, so she pins him down, Faith pins Angel down, or Angelus, and he says, as long as you're there, I mostly want you to wriggle. <laughs> anyway, so she- It's a wrong line, but it's a good line. It was just funny, and I wasn't expecting it, but I enjoyed it. Linoleum! So Faith asks Angelus- uh, Faith talks Angelus into playing nice just long enough to meet up with the mayor in hopes of having a better chance of killing Buffy is supposed to be the selling point. Right. And then they make out a lot. So I don't know that I would want to make out with someone with sh such sharp teeth. Yeah, like they specifically only made out while he was vamped out. 
Seems dangerous to me. Yeah, it sounds like that's how you bust a lip. Do you want to bust a lip? Because that's how you bust a lip. Cut to the library. Wes lectures pointlessly to the Scoobies. They don't seem to know where Angel or Faith are. Um, Willow remains optimistic that both of them are missing at the same time in a completely coincidental fashion. Completely unconnected. Cordy is creepily way into Wesley's voice. Yeah, she's just she's just falling all over Wesley this whole episode. And she doesn't really do anything else this episode at all. Right. But Giles sends Buffy off to check the mayor's office for the Books of Ascension. I liked her line here, as candidate for quote of the day. I'll go home and stock up on some weapons, slip into something a little more break and enter-ish. Yeah. And then Wesley, Willow, Oz, and Cordelia are going to head to the Hall of Records to dig up more information on the mayor. Because they reference back to last episode and Willow's hacking was... Willow's hacking attempt against the mayor was fruitless because all the files were gone by the time she got to where they should have been. And it's Oz's brilliant idea that the Hall of Records would have hard copies of that information. And he volunteers to drive there. Yep. And Xander bails because he doesn't want to watch his ex-girlfriend fall all over Wesley, and that's fair. Yeah, very fair. Uh-huh. He's going to hit the streets. And Giles stays at the library. Cut to the mayor's office. Where Angelus basically learns that the mayor is invincible. Yeah. Nothing else really credibly worthwhile happens here it's not like the mayor talks him into or strong arms him into working for him and even by the end of the scene and he's just like so what are you gonna do angel and he's like well i'm gonna go do what i was already gonna do anyway and i'm just gonna ignore you because i know i can't hurt you and so he's gonna go torture buffy and the mayor approves yeah zippity doo da cut to the streets where Xander's walking down the streets and he's complaining about Cordy and Wesley. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of muttering to himself. Sees Angel and Faith walking down the street and he's like, hey guys, how are you? <laughs> and Angel just fucking knocks him on his ass. <laughs> he says, that guy just bugs me. Yeah. Now, <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't say that kid just bugs me. Right? Angel is, after all, 250 years old. And I get the feeling that he actually kind of feels this way about Xander. It seems likely. He probably rather relished getting to punch Xander in the face. I think he did. (laughs) It was too real of a punch not to be a real punch. I don't know. Angel just turns out to be a fairly good actor. He really is. Yeah. Use your acting! Anyway. <laughs> they say young people don't learn anything in high school nowadays, but um, I've learned to be afraid. So what was the uh, story about that alligator? Cut to Buffy's house. Where Angel and Faith show up. Damn Angel it, Joyce! flirts with Joyce a bit. So, well, I mean, damn it, Joyce, but also, okay, I have sympathy for Joyce. She's got to be getting some fucking whiplash. He's bad. He's good. He's bad again. What the fuck is going on? Right. I can't. Well, and she never even finds out 
this episode that there was anything going on with Angel. And we as the audience at this point still don't even know that he's not actually evil. He's just faking it. But still, if he had actually been evil, I'd have felt so bad for Joyce being responsible for inviting him in again. I think he'd already been invited. Yeah, now that you mention it, I was just going to say he already has a standing invite again anyway. Because the episode when Spike comes back, that's when Angel gets invited in by Buffy. Yeah. Yeah, that's when he gets his invite back. And nobody reverses that at any point. So they go upstairs. And I really love the little sly, sidelong glance that Angel gives to Faith as he uh, gives Buffy a, a little peck of a kiss on the forehead. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, honey, how are you? <laughs> are you okay, baby? I'm totally here now. Everything's going to be okay. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Anyway, um, I just get so caught up sometimes. But yeah, they tell Buffy that they have the Books of Ascension at Angel's Place. Well, they're lying, Rex. Didn't you know they were lying? Yes. Oh. Maybe you should follow the narrative, I guess. Maybe you should follow my narrative, Rex. Most of the time, your narrative doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So, cut to the mansion. Where Angel calls Buffy Buff. And that's the tell that Angel isn't Angel. He's in Jealous. Aren't you just kind of naturally Buff Buff? (laughs) Uh no, that's what Willow says last episode. Yep, It's all about last episode. I'm still just caught in last episode. Apparently. But this... The plan kind of falls apart. Yeah, he because he calls her buff. And hey, guess what? Evil! He's yeah. evil! Dirty, evil. dirty liar. Evil, evil liar. <laughs> we just need to make that sketch required watching before every episode at yeah. this point. Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't watched it yet, then... You're probably fine. Pit of Ultimate Darkness, uh, <laughs> Kids in the Hall. It's on YouTube. Look it up. Simon and Hecubus. Bam. But Angelus waxes evilly for a moment. Yes. It is revealed to Buffy that Faith is now in on it as well. Angelus knocks Buffy the fuck unconscious, or at least pretends to. Yeah. And then cut to the Hall of Records. Cordy manages to be slightly more useless than she was already being by complaining... I know how we can make studying the mayor even more boring. Oh, wait. No, actually, I can't. But she's quickly saved by Oz, who comes in to show that the mayor is over 100 years old. Hey, check out this old-timey picture that looks exactly like the mayor. Hey, problem solved. Now we know that he's not human. Moving along. Yep, and then... Xander shows up to let them all know that Angelus is back with a good old I told you so. Zero qualms about saying I told you so about Angel. And to be fair, he did in fact tell them so quite a lot. Yes. Cut back to Angel's where Angelus is chaining Buffy up. Makes a quick little joke about all the times they'd been together. Why didn't they ever use chains? You know how we know Angel's evil again? He's got that swirly black paisley velvet shirt on again i didn't even fucking notice that's how you know he's evil he's dressed just a little too fancy i didn't even notice that Mm -hmm. 
I might have to re- rewatch yeah, that. Good Angel to... wears flat black. Evil Angel wears shiny textured black. Good to know. There it is. Avoid tall, dark, and broody men with with a little too fancy of clothing. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, if it's if it's just the right amount of fancy, uh, don't avoid them at all. Just throw yourself at them like faith and see what happens. What could possibly go wrong? This scene plays out fucking beautifully. We learn later that Angelus has been faking it, but in the conversation that Angel and Buffy have with Faith here, they get all sorts of good information out of Faith. They They do. They play her like a fucking fiddle. Yeah, a little bit. They find out pretty much everything Faith knows about the mayor and that the ascension is going to happen on graduation day. And then, big surprise! Well, we also find out how just how ri- we also find out just how ridiculously butthurt Faith is, just in general, about Buffy. She really has nothing but disdain for Buffy this yeah. whole time. It seems like, and it's like, okay, I understand being a little bit jealous of Buffy, but you came to Buffy's fucking town. Yeah. This isn't your town. Buffy was well established here. Of course she's going to have more friends. More of a network. Yeah, and what was that about her wanting a dog? Oh yeah, she used her mom and she was like, I always wanted a dog and I never got one. And then she makes out with Angel and implies that now she's got one and he's her dog. And I'm like, whether he's evil or good Angel, he's not your dog something's bad wrong about this and then she's like oh i also wanted toys and reveals this big table of torture tools yep and i'm like okay i god i just feel like they kind of overplayed this faith is suddenly ridiculously evil kind of hand i feel like hardly me thinks the lady doth protest too much i think though that She's so fucking insecure that she's overplaying it herself to convince herself. Okay. Yeah, I can kind of see that. Because she's unquestionably the type of damaged personality who would do nothing but oversteer. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, Buffy gets some good grinds in, though. She's like, so who had to use magic to get Angel? Like, we know what would happen in reality. Oh, and also you had to tie me up to beat me up. And she's not wrong. Nope. But Faith is very confident that the mayor is going to have a grand old time just eating everyone and that she'll happily be his little right-hand lapdog. Supposing that he has hands after the ascension. Yeah, semantics. (laughs) Well, she points that out. No, I know. I'm still... Saying, you know, semantics. Uh, It was semantics on her part, not your part. Right. You're just pointing out what she actually said. And that's that's fine. That's fine, Rex. I forgive you. Don't fucking lie to me like that. Keanu forgives me, and that's all that matters to me. You know me too well. I don't forgive you for anything. (laughs) I hoard it. And it'll all just come hurtling out all at once. Eventually as a kidney stone or something. 
<laughs> I was just thinking good old-fashioned verbal vitriol, but also kidney stones. I'm going to have <laughs> kidney stones anyway. So, yeah, if you want to, I'll bring you a kidney stone, Rex. I don't want your kidney stones at all. You're getting a kidney stone for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't ever actually give someone a kidney stone. Don't tell me what to do with my kidney stones. <laughs> don't pawn this off on the listeners. Oh, God. This isn't about them. This is anyway. This is about them laughing at you. Buffy, you made some bad choices. You just might have to live with some consequences. This isn't over. If I have to. It's quickly revealed that Angel was faking it. They beat Faith up. Faith gets away. Yep. Specifically, it was it was a fairly decent reveal. Buffy's like, I never knew you had so much rage in you, which, yeah, I can get on board with that. I was like, mm, I don't feel like she actually does, but she still has quite a lot of rage in her. Yes. Anyway, Faith says, what can I say? I'm the world's best actor. And Angel's like, second best. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Did David Boreanaz just claim to be the world's best actor? Because... In the scene... I know. Context... I... I... I, (laughs) He is really fucking good, though. He's pretty good. He's fairly decent. (laughs) Second best. Like, this episode really makes me wonder how much of the acting that we see in this show that is phenomenal, but how much of that is the actors and not the directors? That is an excellent question to ask, and that's not a question you can uh, you can really answer just by watching the one show. Because I majored in acting. I don't know if I've mentioned that before. Every chance you get. Thanks. which still isn't very often no but occasionally it comes up and anyway i kind of realized that one of my professors was an amazing director and i loved working with him because every show i did with him made me look amazing yeah because but then when i didn't work with him anymore i didn't really look so amazing anymore and notice how i'm not a famous actor, guys. So, I, yeah, I th- I think David Boreanaz is, in his own right, a fantastic actor. But the more fantastic the actor, the more fantastic a talented director can make them look. That makes sense. There are too many times where, especially in the moments when you have a character playing two roles simultaneously, and that double-layered role is impressive to me you watch it and you can feel that it is a character that is being portrayed that is portraying something and that's just it's kind of fucking mind-blowing yeah they've got layers they're like onions we get it exactly (laughs) it's like that episode a while back where they were possessed by ghosts yes yeah yes it's yeah it's like that anyway so where did we leave off here uh, pretty much they fight, Faith gets away. 
very anticlimactic. Yeah, turns out Angel's faking. Buffy's like, hey, I wasn't chained up. And then the Scoobies all bust in like a big old gang of fucking Kool-Aid dudes. And there's an obligatory... But not through the wall. They actually use the door. Yeah, they actually use the door. It's boring, I know. And there's, uh, there's an obligatory end of episode fight scene where Buffy and Faith kind of fight. Uh, they end up with knives at each other's throats. Honestly, I didn't really... F- I wasn't really feeling it. No. The whole they thing both f- were holding their knives awkwardly. Whole thing felt a little fake and choreographed and... And then Faith does this weird thing where she kisses Buffy on the forehead before she runs off like Winnie the Woodpecker. (laughs) I knew what you're getting at. Yeah. I always think of Daffy Duck, that manner of running off because of in the old Looney Tunes cartoons when Daffy Duck would like run off, he'd like bounce around and he'd like go from his feet to his head and then bounce off into the distance. Well, Bugs Bunny was the one who always... Uh, would kiss just like faith did just that taunting kiss yep. that that fuck you peck on the forehead and then he'd run and swan dive into a fucking rabbit hole yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so cut to the library where it is revealed that the blue demon owed giles a debt and faked the whole stealing of the soul thing yeah i mean it really was impressive that he played the mayor the way he did and also crazy timing, because it sounded like the mayor very specifically summoned this particular mage, and I couldn't tell if it was like a, a chanting an herb-style summoning or called his agent-style summoning. No idea. But what I picked up on was that this dude got summoned by the mayor, and then when this dude's like, oh, this mayor wants me to steal this particular person's soul... Hey, Giles, you happen to know this particular person. That really would have to be how it went down. This mage was kind of his own free agent in this matter. He was like, you know, I don't really want to do this. I mean, I will, but let's see. Let me check my little black book. Who else do I know in the area? Right. (laughs) My favorite part is the whole point of this is that the blue demon says, Oh, my debt is to you is repaid. And it's asked of Giles, what did he do to have this debt? And what did Giles do to have this debt? He introduced the blue demon to his, I'm assuming, blue wife. Was he blue? You keep calling him blue. He's blue. And he was a mage. He wasn't really a demon. He looked demonish. He was, He there was definitely something very ethereal about him. I don't think he was a demon, though. Either way, he was fucking blue. Okay. Anyway, Wesley's super whiny in this scene. You know, because in the scene. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, <laughs> cleared that one up real quick. Oh, Wesley... Yeah, he's like, I'm going to call the council, and I'm going to tell them that you did things, and... Giles is just like, I'm, you should probably do that. This is actually a fairly serious situation, blah, blah, blah. And because, uh, you know, Faith is truly gone rogue. As they pointed yep. out, a rogue slayer is one of the most dangerous things that could exist, even more than any amount of vampires or whatever. But we're lucky that Angel's not evil. Xander's understandably a bit butthurt about, it, about getting punched real hard in the face. Yeah. 
But like, it's kind of funny, though. It is funny. But also, like, ow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking ow. Yeah, no, that sounds really painful. Yeah. Yeah. Cut to Faith's apartment where the mayor continues to groom her. Well, he tries to cheer her up with miniature golf anyway. But specifically, this whole fucking conversation is psychological grooming. Sure. He's not just being like a good father figure to her. He's specifically talking to her in a manner of don't worry about them. They're saying negative things. I'm the one who cares about you. I'm the one who loves you. I'm the only one you ever need. That's psychological grooming. Yeah. That's fucked up mental manipulation, which, albeit, he's the bad guy, but it is very disturbing. And especially with Faith's general mindset and childhood trauma, she's going to be very predisposed to this particular style of mental manipulation. Exactly. So that's extra dangerous. But as they did point out in the previous scene, at least we know a little more about what the mayor's planning on doing and when and where. They have a timeline now. And honestly, a timeline's fucking important. Yeah. They know the end of the world comes at graduation, not, you know, next week. Well, now they know where to put the end of the season. Yes. That's excellent. Uh, Cut to Angels, where Buffy and Angel kind of have a heart-to-heart. What? That never happens. Right? I mean, I will say one thing about these two assholes. They have pretty excellent communication for the most part. Except for the times when Buffy sees Angel doing anything remotely questionable and doesn't fucking talk to him about it. Yeah, and then she apparently went and cleared that up with him and then made a big scheme behind Faith's back fairly quickly. Yeah. Yeah, so, seriously. pretty good communication, I stand by. But Buffy needs a break from shit with Angel. Yeah, it's all been very emotionally draining, you know, watching Angel pretend to be evil and make out with Faith. And it's... a. As she even points out, it's exactly what she asked him to do, but nevertheless, it was very difficult for her to watch that play out. And it's at no fault of Angel's, she needs a break. That's a legitimate thing. Yeah, absolutely. They both acted the way they needed to act for this circumstance, but that doesn't discount that sometimes shit's hard to handle. Yup. Gerarg. Gerarg. Ladies... Gentlemen, spiny-headed creatures. Soon as the sun goes down, down, vampire. Soon as the sun goes down, down, vampire. Competition is a beautiful thing. Did you like this episode? Nah. I didn't dislike this episode. I just didn't feel like there was anything special about this episode. Other than things progressed a bit my entire favorite scene in this episode was the scene when angel goes back to being angelus because he stops being broody mcbruderson (laughs) and becomes angelus and does such a good transition of acting between the two roles that was an exciting moment because i didn't remember that he was faking it I couldn't remember how they got him back to being normal again, 
much quicker, much quicklier than they did last time. Quicklier? Quicklier, that's right. Also not a word. Yeah, look it up in the Scrabble Dictionary. I would not get points for that. So... <laughs> They get is, that, is that your hard line of what is and isn't a word? It is now, Rex. <laughs> I didn't know how they get him back to being normal much quicklier, but <laughs> I knew that I, I was pretty sure that they did. But I was still just like, oh, thank God. He was getting so boring. Right? This is way more fun. I judge Faith for, you know, wanting him to be evil and to use him like that and for being into him like that. But also... I get it. Honestly, I think had it actually happened, it would have been really fucking bad for the mayor's plans. Also, it would have gone much different. I Faith wouldn't have lasted long before she just got turned into a vampire. Right? He would not have spared her. No. For that long. He would have tortured her. Like, no, you're still a slayer and a human. I'm not working with you. We pretty much established in past episodes that the only reason Buffy held out to the torture that Angelus can dish out was that Angelus was on some level fucked up over Buffy. And he doesn't have those kind of fucking attachments to Faith. No. Faith would have been utterly fucked. Complete cannon fodder to Angel, absolutely. What was your quote of the day, Rex? My quote of the day was from Giles. Again, see... No standards. Any self-respecting demon should be living in a pit of filth or a nice crypt. <laughs> Very nice. What's your quote of the day? Wesley cues him up with, And you say this demon wanted cash? That's very unusual. And Child says, Demons after money. Whatever happened to the still-beating heart of a virgin? No one has any standards anymore. They're the best fucking lines, those two lines. They were. Because somebody put a fucking quarter in Giles. <laughs> and he had those magic fingers going on this whole episode. So this has been Beer with Buffy. As always, follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Review us on iTunes. Make sure to review us within the next week to get entered into our t-shirt contest. Which will be ending very, very soon. Find us on Patreon for official rules on said t-shirt contest at patreon.com slash beerwithbuffy. You can always get a hold of us via our voicemail and our email. Email is beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. Voicemail is 269-743-0783. And of course, a special thanks to Ben and Reggie for our opening, closing, and transition music. As always, this has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. Have a good night. Oh, God damn it. I forgot about Keanu. Beg Keanu's patchy beard for forgiveness. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> I make allowances for you, yes, but I expect a certain amount of responsibility. And instead of which you enslave yourself to this, this cult. You don't like the color? <laughs> Common sense. Common sense.
done why are we watching this 